This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining into the Age of Jeremy podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about creativity and the importance of creativity when you're building a business and the importance of creativity uh, when you're running a business, just the importance of having creativity in your life. This isn't going to go into too much scientific uh, uh, concepts about how the brain works and how the creative side of the brain works. I just want to talk about creativity, how it's been beneficial to me, things that I've been doing to boost my creativity creativity to make sure that I'm being more successful um, in my business and in my life. So I hope you enjoy. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. You are listening to Age of Jeremy. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm the co-founder of Age of Radio and 3T Fitness and well other businesses that I am working on. This podcast is about everything that I learn and the trials and tribulations it took to learn them. I hope you enjoy. All right. So if this is your first time tuning in to the Age of Jeremy podcast, again, my name is Jeremy Quintanilla. You heard that in the introduction. I'm just kind of talking about all the things that I'm doing in my life to better myself, build my family business, build a legacy, and hopefully passing on all of the mistakes and uh, learnings and uh, knowledge that I gain and wisdom that I gain in doing this, passing that on to you guys, the listeners, so you can kind of input it into your um, daily uh, business routines. And so one of the things that... uh, um, If you're brand new to this, I'm not talking about businesses like starting a motivational company that is a business or writing a book or things like that. I'm talking about trying to find solutions to some of the some of the problems that you face. So my main company that I focus on, um, what what I saw was difficulty was making it really easy to distribute um, and network with other podcasters. Uh, I wanted to make it easier for creators to um, have a place to uh, earn ad revenue uh, where they could share and build a community with other other podcast hosts, and they weren't tied down to the techno technology um, piece of uh, technology companies like Spreaker or like Anchor, which doesn't distribute everywhere, um, where you don't really get taught what you need to do to distribute your podcast. So, Age of Radio, we distribute your podcast for you on over fifteen different platforms across the United States and India. Um, because India's got a really big population and they're picking up a lot of their podcast listening. Um, so we manage the distribution of it. We try to sell ads for your show. We promote your show across our marketing campaigns that we have. Um, and we offer it to everybody for free. We make all of our money in the traditional um, model sense of like uh, media companies do, where they earn uh, their revenue through ads. Um, I believe that that's still one of the best ways for companies to earn revenue is for advertisements. Um, it's just being able able to have uh, products that you can or inventory that you can sell to those ad agencies to get that. Um, And then we branched off of that and diversified. Um, One of my biggest things is I want to, um, I've had some problems with musicians friend, um, 
And uh, they're one of the larger places that distributes uh, equipment. And then obviously I uh, like Amazon as far as, you know, the fact that it's been more convenient, but I think more companies can compete with Amazon. So we're really trying to compete with Amazon and musicians, friend, and I guess Sweetwater um, and I think Z Sounds um, to offer um, equipment. So right now we do sell and focus on podcast equipment, but we're going to expand that. Uh, and there's lots of other things that we're going to expand on. But the point is, is that what I'm trying to solve is I'm trying to make it easier um, and even easier than it is already today um, for people to um, create their content and distribute their content um, in a fashion that's not, I guess, uh, bogged down by uh, either you already having to have a big following um, and not being bogged down by the current choice of technology the church is choosing to use. And so that's one of the things that we really hope to do with Age of Radio. Um, as a media company, begin right now, we have about 100 podcasts. Um, we have sponsorships uh, for advertisers, um, and we sell advertising. Um, the other company that I have is a, a company called 3D Fitness. Um, that's mainly ran by my business partner, John. Well, it is ran by my business partner, John Vasquez. And so 3T Fitness uh, really solves the problem of building a community where you can learn together for mindset and health. Um, and we have a fitness center in Mesa, Arizona. And then I have two other companies that I'm really working on that's taking a lot of my um, time. Um, but I'm not going to go into those now. But the point is, is that what I'm hoping you can get from this is to learn how to diversify your revenue, um, how to do things in your personal life that will better your business life, how to build strong relationships, understand family businesses and how families do business together. And um, hopefully just you come out of this getting a lot of, uh, of knowledge. But the one thing that I wanted to talk about today was creativity. And I'm going to talk about it in two different um, fashions. The first fashion that I want to talk about is creativity and why it's important for you to do certain types of, for you to be creative in your um, own life, especially if you're a content creator. So I guess, I guess it really relates to content creation. And so, so content creation is really important um, in, in whether you're a business or whether you're an individual trying to do some of those other things that I said that other people do. Like if you're trying to um, sell like an educational piece, um, if you're a... Um, um, trying to become a YouTube entertainer or you're really good at something and you want to share that with people. So there's a concept called content marketing, which we don't talk too much about on here, but essentially content marketing is a specific, uh, specific to, or I guess how content marketing works is rather than you going and paying for like advertisements, what you do is you create a piece of content and then you give that content away for free or for a smaller price. Um, and the idea is to drive people to your main form focus of business. So a lot of the times you see that with blogs. So let's say uh, Age of Radio, for instance. Um, well, I guess you could even think of this podcast as content marketing. So you come across Age of Jeremy, we teach about podcasting and enterprise and business stuff. And then from there, you eventually go over to Age of Radio, you start your podcast with Age of Radio, then we utilize the inventory that your podcast allows us to, to access. We sell that inventory through our megaphone targeted marketplace that we partner with and through our Age of Radio ad space direct to advertising um, and then you make money off of it and so that all started from the fact that we had this piece of content that we gave out to people for free to learn about business and so forth the other thing that you 
see a lot of it about is you see a lot of it with um, blogs. So a lot of companies have blogs and they give that information away for free. You find it on their Facebook pages. And then what you do is you get that the access to the Facebook pages. I'm sorry, to that blog content. And then from that blog content, you end up going to their website and purchasing things. And that's essentially how all of the, the content marketing piece of it work. You also find some other companies that they'll create like, uh, like whole magazines that they'll sell subscriptions to, or maybe they'll even have a paid podcast that you can buy. But essentially the whole core of it is to go back to their core revenue stream um, to, to attract you to how they make their main core portion of their revenue. Okay. And if you're not familiar with uh, revenue diversification, essentially, um, you can think of it also kind of like income diversification. So if you're an individual and you have probably what's called W-2 income, and so that's from, uh, or 1099 income. So hopefully your employer is paying you as a W-2 because they should be, um, unless you're a small business and you're contracting with them. Um, but, but essentially what, how it works is that that that's kind of income that you get for selling your labor. So you sell your labor to your employer, they give you a portion of income for the hours that you work and that's earned income. Another form of income is distribution income or also what's called dividend income, where you give money to a company, you invest it, and then you get a portion of the profits based off of the portion of your ownership. That's another type of income. So that would be diversifying your income. Now you have two forms of income. Another form of income would be real estate income, which is kind of like, it's almost like distribution and dividend income, but you take the money you invest in real estate, um, like property, like maybe a land or a farm, or uh, more commonly a commercial building or a residential building, and then you get paid a uh, you get paid mortgage from that and or rent from that essentially. And so, if you have your mortgage paid off, then all that rent comes to you, and that's just money that you get off of that asset while that asset valuates over time. Um, I would say that the 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 the, the income that we're most commonly used to is earning. Now, a business has this type, has to think about these types of income as well. Not really the income that they pay, pay their employees because that would be an expense to the company, but um, they have to think about different ways to make revenue in case certain things happen. So for instance, you know, we have our advertising revenue, we have equipment sales revenue, we have editing services revenue, we have our bazaar revenue. So that's four, and a bazaar is where you can buy affiliate links or where you can shop our affiliates and things like that. And we'll be spending a lot of more time on this over the next year. But essentially, those are four different pieces of revenue that we have coming in. So we focus on those different brands or those different products or services. They go up in revenue. And then when one, maybe maybe ads start pulling back and companies aren't buying ads or maybe during the summer, uh, advertisers don't spend as much because they want to save their ad budget for the winter. Then they pull back on those ads. But we still have the advertising coming or the money coming in from those other forms of revenue. That's revenue die diversification. And so when we think about revenue diversification, um, it's really important that we are being innovative. And so um, a lot of companies use this for content creation. And so, or they use content creation as a form of this diversification. So to get back on topic with the uh, creativity piece of it, is that whether you're an individual or you're a business, um, you want to be creative in the sense that you're going to be able to innovate new ways to do things. And so one of the things that we don't see a lot in our society is we don't see a lot of people talk too much about the hobbies that they do or the hobbies 
hobbies that their employees should do um, and how they should be doing these hobbies so that they can take those soft skills or those hobby skills um, and either directly apply them into what they're doing in their work into their work life or making them more creative individuals so that they can be more successful in their work life or in the content they create. And so when we think, when I talk about creative hobbies, I talk about what people usually think of things that like painting. Um, I think of gaming. I think of drawing. I think of photography. I think of um, maybe crocheting, quilting, things of that nature, uh, maybe joining a softball league or sports team. And so there's all kinds of things that go into working on those um, items or working in those hobbies that you can extrapolate and you can apply to coming up with ideas to run your business or ideas to focus on content creation or just different different ideas in general. And so one of the thing and, and so one of the things that we think about this um, about how hobbies can help is we talk about this concept where you can cross train in the hobby that you're doing so that the other thing that you're doing makes you better at the current thing that you're doing. So if I'm thinking about being able to be creative, so right now we're really working on an app. Um, for Age of Radio. And one of the problems with that is that I don't want to pay someone um, to do it. I don't want to get another person involved, give different shares of company away to have more to have people come together to create this Age of Radio application. So the alternative is we can keep it in-house in the family um, or with the, the employees that we have and we can teach them those skills or I can learn those skills and do it myself and then slowly bring people in where I can head over it so no one's taking the idea or running with the idea um, or, or something along those lines like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg did. Um, and so when we think about what goes into computer programming, there's patience, there's um, long, uh, there's the ability to sit still for a long period of time, uh, do a repetitive task, research a task, continue to learn. Um, one of the ones that gets overlooked a lot when we think about that is the ability to envision what the end product's going to look like. Um, there's, there is a lot that can be said for someone who can picture um, what a program's going to look like in their head and write it down with their eyes closed um, and being able to type it out without actually typing out, being able to visualize it. Visualization goes really far with innovation because it lets us see a final product and work possibly work our way backwards to be able to see see how to get there. Um, and so one of the things that I feel that we don't do really good in small businesses, in families, and in um, in our regular government education is we don't work we don't work hard enough to um, to tap into that creative side um, because we associate those creative things with, you know, degrees that are in the humanities or um, degrees that aren't going to pay a lot. So we spend a lot more of our time on science, um, uh, technology, you know, mathematics, um, more of the STEM uh engineering. That was the other one I couldn't think of. Um, engineering, um, which are great things that we should have, but then how do, what do we, what do we supplement those things with? And we don't, I don't feel that we spend a lot of time as a company thinking about that. And so what made me want to talk about this podcast, because I'm actually writing a podcast, this is just me kind of going off the top of my head. So hopefully it doesn't linger and run long. But one of the things that when we think about um, that, that supplementation 
or what well, the reason what thought that brought me to thinking about this supplementation was uh, American Funds, which is owned by the Capital Group, which is one of the largest um, investment uh, funds and firms in the United States. Uh, the Capital Group, um, one of my favorite uh, companies. They um, they actually um, find people that have humanities degrees or say history or philosophy or politics or painting or art. And what they do is they take those people, they give them jobs in their investment firm, and then they teach them the finance piece of it, maybe pay for them to get an MBA or something along those lines. And then those are the people that are doing the research, deciding on what to buy, um, possibly even building out the investment portfolio for those funds and managing those funds or what companies are going to be put into a portfolio of a specific um, sector. And that struck me as surprising because I feel that we should be doing that with a lot more things. And I think that are a lot more disciplines. And I think that the creativity piece or the humanities piece plays a really important part in our society. It plays a really important part in um, having a diverse group of people within the workforce. And it has a, a great impact on the ability for those people to go in and learn the technical skills such as finance or accounting, um, and then be able to be more creative and innovative. Um, when when do, when being involved in that career that we don't have. Um, because when you get a bunch of people that just went to finance school, they all think the same, right? Um, and if they don't have any good creative outlet, if they don't have any good creative hobbies and their hobbies is their work, and they're not doing anything to better them, themselves um, as far as it goes with their person or with their um, personal endeavors, then they may not be getting a bunch of other different skills that could make them better at um, their finance uh, job or their their engineering job or their um, uh, physics job or whatever the place is. There's a lot that can be said for learning how to do creative things. And so, uh, so I think that that's the first thing is if you can find some different creative hobbies, um, I think painting's a really good one. I um, personally think that model, buildings, model building is a good one in painting. Um, and so uh, photography is another one. You can learn all of these other skills, how you can see the world differently, um, sitting and learning new technologies. Um, and and then, then, then the things that you can learn from that um, or the disciplines that you learn from that, they make you better in what your main career is or what your main business is. The other part of that is, so if you have a person that's wanting to create content and they're doing all these creative outlets, then they are going to be better at creating that content. Um, but we don't think about that creativity as it comes to the boardroom or that creativity as it comes to businesses. So one of the things that I've been doing is, like I said um, previously before the break, that I have been really trying to do computer programming. And the reason why the computer programming is, is important to me is because because I want to create an app. Now, when I think about the things that visualization and patience are the two things that come to mind when I think of computer programming. Now you have to work at it really hard. Um, I know that my goal for this month is to do 20 hours or so of computer programming. Um, so, and I am a little bit behind because we've been got caught up with some uh, getting some shows onto Age of Radio. So I haven't done all of the, the programming training that I would have liked to have done so far. Um, but I'm tracking it to make sure that I can stay in that 20 hours at least this month and keep pushing that. And so 
when we think about when we think about what could go along with that, I came up with two two things that would make me a better programmer: patience, um, being able to sit for long periods of time and do a repetitive task, um, and then visualization. I think visualization is important because you need to see the programming, you need to see what it is that you're trying to create, and I think that those two things are very beneficial. And so I. Um, I took that and said, okay, well, how? what would also be really, really good as a hobby? Something that I enjoy that would make me a better computer programmer and that would also make me better at governance. Um, and uh, the one, the two things that came to mind um, uh, was model building <coughs> and gaming. And so I've always been a big fan of role-playing games uh, such as Dungeons and Dragons. And I've always wanted to get into Warhammer. And I guess I suppose now that I have the money, um, Warhammer is kind of an expensive hobby. I decided to um, delve into Warhammer um, for uh, not only this reason, but there's another reason which we can talk about at another time. But um, Warhammer is essentially a tabletop strategy game um, where you fight another uh, infantry or another army um, and and um, you have models that you have to put together and you have to paint and you have to design based off of their factions and putting them together based off of points. And then you play a player and you fight and it takes a couple hours to play. And so when I started doing these modeling, the painting, I've always enjoyed painting, whether it's physical painting or painting, um, but uh, you're sitting there for long periods of time. I think I sat for... I want to say like six or seven hours the other day I had to do the primer I had to paint and then prior to that I put them together um, and they I think that they look great for my first to go around at this and so so that that really helped bring that sense of calming to doing a repetitive task where you're just kind of concentrating and concentrating. Now, the difference is when you're going to be doing programming as opposed to, say, painting a model or a miniature, is that the programming, you're actually learning like a mental new skill. With the painting, you are kind of learning a mental new skill because you're learning about how paints work, but a lot of it has to do with the, phys the physicality of it. But I think that the benefit is, is that it got me back more in that mindset of being able to sit for a long period of time. The reason being is because I'm the, the problem with the, the, the programming that kind of gets me frustrated is that I don't get a, an immediate result afterwards. So I sit, I pray, I read through the chapter, I go through the, I go through my notes or I make my notes, I read everything, I go and I practice doing the programming or doing the little, um, uh, I guess, uh, activity that the book has and I can see how it's supposed to work. Um, and so that's great. But uh, I, it's difficult for me to be able to do it on my own, um, which I think it plays, which is comes to a, another really good point when we when we talk about, you know, strategizing, because when you strategize, right, you're you're placing your your pieces on the table and you're coming you're either solving an objective um, in, in which you have to like take like a fort or something or you're attacking your enemy and you're just destroying them right and so when you're putting everything on the table you have to figure out how you're going to put people on the table 
Um, it, it's essentially how the military would do it if they were like figuring out how people are going to um, come into their uh, their territory, how they're going to get into other people's territories, how they're going to neutralize threats, um, how they're going to take down the enemy, things of that nature. And so you learn uh, different strategies, but the, the key point is, is that you kind of visualize on what, if you do this, what's your opponent going to do? And if your opponent does that, how does it place your other pieces? Or what if they don't do the thing that you're going to do? You know, what's the alternative thing that they could do? And then how does that leave your place, your pieces um, open to them, right? And so you're doing a lot of this visual, visualization. You're thinking a lot faster. Um, and so that's really beneficial when it comes to the computer programming, because when you're looking through the program, like the program essentially runs linear, right? So it has a place where it starts and then it cycles through the, it cycles through the program. And then based off what the program does, it presents different things to the user, and then based off the user was, it continues to run, right? And so when you're looking at that, being able to visualize what's gonna happen when you put this in is very, very important. And so, so supplementing the thing that you enjoy or the hobby with the thing that's going to benefit you in your career or the, the, or, or the work that you're trying to do, it can really open your eyes later on so that let's say you get stuck with a problem. In this case, we're gonna use a computer program. Let's say we get stuck with a problem with computer program. If I remove myself from that situation and I go do like model building or painting or gaming, right? And I'm doing that that other problem still sitting in my mind, I'm actively using my brain. And when I stop, I might be able just to solve that programming piece already. That's one of the benefits of doing repetitive tasks, especially when you're trying to solve a problem, is it gives your mind time to rest and reevaluate what the problem was. And then you can look at it, your, your subconscious looks at it a different way and then comes up with an answer for you. Okay. And so that's one of the most important things. And, and the other thing too, is there's a great magazine that I read um, called Directors and Boards. And essentially they talk about boards being in a position to role play. Now, obviously they're not going to do Dungeons and Dragons. Well, that'd be cool if they did or Warhammer, but if they put themselves in a position where they're taking on different roles, they're looking at a problem, they're um, role-playing that problem, then they can come up with different situations and scenarios, and then they can better plan for things that go ahead. That's why I think that role-playing in general is really beneficial for all business leaders and owners. Um, it's something that, you know, the military does. It's something that um, businesses should be doing, and we unfortunately only associate it with geeks. When Dungeons & Dragons was actually a derivative of a war game or a military game that was utilized by the military um, to for decision making and to train troops on strategy um, and how to fight off right and so when when you think about that there's something that can be said for gaming and the importance of gaming specifically inside the boardroom inside our companies with the ability to make decisions and to be more creative in our decision making and this is one of the things that i don't think that we do good as families that we don't do good as organizations we don't do good um, as nonprofits or governments or whatever and looking all of these other things and seeing how those skills could be utilized beneficially if we taught if we taught, so so the, the way that I look at it, right? So 
if I'm if I'm running a family business, we have our niece Ariana, um, who hopefully one day she's a fantastic uh, you know drawer. I would love to to uh, pay for her to to be able to make a comic book and sell it, show her how business works. Right. Everybody that is in the world. They want to have money, but they also want to do the thing that they love. And sometimes if you do the thing that you love, but you end up working for someone else, you don't make that money. So in my mind, it makes much more logical sense to do three things with our our college education piece. One is to find out what the individual wants to do. What it is that they like? Okay, so Ariana, we'll take Ariana, for example. She loves to draw. She doesn't like painting. She, it would be very beneficial to cro- to cross-train in painting so she could become a draw- better drawer and color and penciler. But anyways, so it makes more sense for her to get her degree in drawing. And you might say, well, that's a stupid degree. What is she going to do? Well, if she sets her mind to it, even if she did nothing else and she went and worked for a company where they do drawing, which a lot of the drawings done on Adobe Illustrator nowadays and using Adobe Animate and things like that, she could get a job with a cartoon company. She could get a job with a comic book company, whatever. Now, they may be able to live a good life making 60, 70, $80,000 a year. But if you're building a family and you're wanting to get large amounts of wealth within that family, so then that family can, you know, accomplish the goals and purposes and dreams that they want to accomplish. Um, for me, you know, building uh, Buddhist stupas, bringing Buddhism to, you know, the United States, um, educating people on um, on, uh, on uh, different economic theories besides uh, Austrian economics, um, which is what we use to Today in the United States, um, you know, getting getting uh, martial arts into our um, uh, grammar school and martial arts into our uh, secondary education or high school or whatever that's called, and so running for treasure. We have all of these things when then we look at the the community. Taking my wife on a cruise every year, all these things, right? Those take lots of more of money. Okay, so I may not be able to do all of those things, making eighty thousand dollars a year. I might need to make a lot more money. Okay, so. If Ariana, being a part of the family, wants to do the drawing, we can find a way to make her drawing, make money with her drawing, She right, if we give her the tools. But the number one thing that she has to do is be really, 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 really good at that specific drawing skill. There is no really specific reason in my mind, and because I have a finance degree, for us to be really, 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 really good in finance, right? There is not... I can go and do finance, right? And that could be my skill. But like, let's say I wanted to do high frequency training. I still need to know computer programming. The finance is just one piece of it. But like the drawing is the actual specific trade in the skill. The finance isn't a trade or a skill. Accounting, yes, it is a trade and a skill. But if we're just talking traditional finance, maybe corporate finance, but those things can be taught at a much quicker, faster pace in MBA programs, right? So for Ariana, in Ariana's example, if she did went and got specifically in drawing, right? And we paid the $50,000, $60,000 to get her a four-year degree called drawing. And then we got her into, say, Kellogg um, MBA program, or we got her into even Arizona State's MBA program. And we paid that extra, you know, uh, in-house probably $40,000, $50,000. You know, so we're looking at probably for all of that education. Now we have someone that's really good at drawing and someone that's really good at business. And when they're really good at business, they can take that piece of that drawing and hopefully if they learn what they needed to in business school, they can now start their own business in that drawing piece. And not only that, if we needed her to take on a more important role within the family, 
then we can add her in, but we also diversified her, our skill set within the family. And that's why it's really important that we get kids to do the things that they love, but then also teach them the other things. And that's why I feel that the MBA is probably the best way to do it. I am only anti-MBA when you supplement, when you follow up the MBA with a finance degree. There, other than possibly possibly organizational structure, um, maybe organizational structure, yeah, organizational structure. I didn't really learn shit in my MBA program that I didn't learn in my bachelor's degree. And I have it from a pretty good Eastern college, Northeastern University, that's one of the top Eastern colleges for their MBA. Um, I... I literally learned everything that I learned in my finance and accounting class. Like I said, there's the organizational structure piece of it. Um, there's some HR stuff pieces of it, you know, but like for the most part, I mean, then this was I graduated there maybe five years ago. So, I mean, some, a lot of stuff has changed, but you know, for the most part, a lot of it hasn't changed. Um, but, but I think the MBA is really good if your kid likes something, you focus on getting them really good at that. You supplement them with that business because then they're also creative. That may helps them become more innovative. Right. And then they also have that business acumen where they can go and become a finance banker or whatever the case is. And then if they want to even be greater at their job, you know, their their drawing skill, then get them a master's or a Ph.D. And then they can even do more work in that field. We spend so much time. You making it so think where our, we, we spend so much time not planning for what it is that we're trying to do and accomplish. And I'm just going off on a rant now. We do so much. We spend so much time. We, we end up not planning in the things that we need to be planning. Like that would be a perfect individual. A really strong individual could run a business, start her own business when it comes to drawing and painting, maybe open up a gallery. There's all kinds of stuff and all different kinds of ways to make money and solve problems. And I feel that one of the things that we do not give our children enough is, is teaching them and saying that it's okay to be creative. If we go on social media, where I was like, oh, these degrees are stupid, you know, vet degrees, you know, um, um, I think vet degrees are cool, um, but we'll say vet degrees, painting degrees, textile degrees, dancing degrees, like 15th century art. Well, we need to have people that study those things and can push those things forward, right? But that may not be the only thing that we need. And that's why I, I feel and I'm pretty confident that that's how you can implement that MBA into your family and into your leadership in your family. But point of this is I think you need to spend some time thinking about the things that you want to do that are creative. I've chosen for me personally to get my mind going uh, and to also help with the songwriting um, piece of it for the album that we're, I'm working on um, is the, the painting. So I've been spending a lot of time painting uh, miniatures, playing more role playing games, um, kind of want to get into a little bit of drawing. Um, there and then also the photography piece of it. But I think if we can supplement those things in our days, A, it gives us that break from always constantly working on our businesses. Um, but then we might even come up with other cool things that we can add into our businesses. They also make us more creative. Um, and more importantly, they can help us visualize things. And when we can visualize things, we can innovate things. When we can innovate things, we can solve more problems. And when we can solve more problems, we can make more money. We can make uh, better decisions. Um, hopefully with that money and then we can help the world in a better place um, so I hope that you enjoyed this and I will talk to you next time 
Thank you for listening to The Age of Jeremy. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. If you can do me a favor, please rate this podcast if your podcatcher allows you to. Talk to you soon.